Well, morning, Avenue. Great to be uh, spending time together in this virtual way this morning. We're back in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew. Um, and over the last four weeks, we've looked at the first four lines of this amazing prayer. Jesus giving us this prayer, telling us how to pray to our Father God. And the first three lines we've looked at all focus on the amazing character of God, focuses on his glory being known, his will being done on earth. Um, and then today we're going to turn to the first of three more personal, more individual and corporate elements of the prayer. Today is give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Uh, we're going to see that Jesus very simply says, pray to God for what you need. Today and every day you need daily bread, the essentials of life. So talk to your father and ask for them, he says. But before we look at that in any detail, I just think there's something really important for us to notice to consider about the order of the prayer uh, we get these very god-focused elements these uh, god-driven god-centered elements before we then come to these more personal elements and i think from that we should take that uh, there's an overall view that should uh, hang over our prayers that we should be more concerned about god's honor the coming of his kingdom the doing of his will than we should be about our own personal needs so that as we pray about our needs, we do that in the light of God's will, his kingdom, his name being honoured. Uh, our human prayers should be shaped, our prayers at a human level should be shaped by wanting that for God. So perhaps before we go any further at all, one specific thing for us to be praying for is that we'd be continually changed, that our hearts, our desires would be changed so that our will is more in line with God's will as we pray. So let's get stuck in then. Uh, to these few short words. We're going to see first that we are to pray in complete dependence on God. Pray in complete dependence on God. Think of a young child. When a young child needs something, they know exactly what to do, don't they? They turn to a parent or whoever the adult is around them and they simply ask for it. Or perhaps before they can speak, they achieve the same thing in even more simple, unmistakable ways than needing to use words. The child is dependent on their parents, on those who love them around them, to provide for them. They come empty-handed and they ask. That child has no pretense that they can do it for themselves. They know instinctively that they should look to those around them who love them and ask them for what they need. And as they do, they learn that they'll be provided for. I need milk. Mum gives me milk. I ask Dad for something to eat. He gives me something to eat. Simple. I ask. My loving parents provide. The child, therefore, learns that they are completely dependent on their parents. And at the same time, they learn that their parents provide for them. So they learn to accept that they are dependent and they therefore continue to ask. And I think Jesus shows us that our attitude should be similar when we pray. Jesus starts here with this very, very simple word. He simply says, give. It's very blunt, very straightforward. Turn to God and to say, give. Give us today our daily bread. So we are to turn to God, asking him to give to us. Now, if I think of when I ask someone to give something to me, I don't ask someone for something I've already got or even for something I can easily get myself. I ask for something I need but can't get otherwise. And so with prayer, we ask because we need and we ask the one who can give. So we're to approach God, our Father, with the right mindset, the right attitude. There are two crucial things, I think, that we see here. Firstly, we need a right view of God. He is the one who provides for us all. All good things come from him. 
he is, as an Old Testament name for him, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provider. He's the Lord provider who provides for his people. So we need a right view of God. And secondly, we need a right view of ourselves. We need to see that we are in need, that we are unable to provide for ourselves. We need help each and every day, constantly. We are solely and completely dependent on God. We come empty handed. We bring nothing to the party. He is the Lord provider. And if this works for you, we are the loved receivers. He's the Lord provider. We are the loved receivers who bring nothing to it, nothing to God. And yet he provides for us. So before we then move on and, and think more about the specific things that we might pray for in terms of our needs, I just think it'd be great for us to reflect on those attitudes, to examine our own hearts uh, and think to what extent does that attitude reflect what's true for me? How can I foster more of that right attitude as I pray? So let's ask ourselves, do we have that right view of God? Do we see him as the provider, the origin of all good things? Do we really believe that without him we'd have nothing? At the same time, do we have that right view of ourselves? Do we see ourselves in complete and total need of him and all that he does? Do we, do we believe and recognise and accept that without him, without his provision, we'd have nothing, we'd be nothing? There is wonderful good news in that, isn't there? God the creator is our loving father who delights to give good things to us, his children. He is the Lord provider. We really can completely lean on and trust him. As Jesus goes on to say in Matthew chapter seven, if an earthly father knows how to give good things to his children, how much more does God know and delight to do exactly that? But it is a challenge, isn't it? Because normally we like to think of ourselves as at least a bit useful. We work hard, we achieve things, we earn a living, we can provide for ourselves and for others. I suspect most of us, don't typically feel that our daily experience is that God is providing for our every single need. Personally, I think I'm guilty of believing that he's involved in the background, yes, but do I really think that everything that's going on, that every good thing that I have in the small minutiae of daily life, that, that God is there, God is involved? At the same time, I guess we actually don't want to be dependent on others, do we? We, we grow up with the aim of independence, aim of self-reliance. That feels right. That feels good. I can do things. I'm not dependent on other people. It got me thinking back to when Avenue first started 15 years ago. I think all of us who were around then felt a huge need for God to be at work. We felt relatively incapable. We felt a great need for God's provision and for God's help. And I think that led us to really pray. It led us to ask for God to help. It led us to rely on him. It also had a real thankfulness, I think, a thankfulness to God for what he was doing, because we then saw that God was answering prayer. We saw that things that we felt incapable of doing, he was doing really powerfully. But I think as time goes by, it's easy to slip into more of a self-reliance. We gain experience, we see things work, we know that the chairs get put out, we can put on music and so on. We're tempted, therefore, I think, to grow in self-confidence, aren't we, rather than in God-confidence. And I fear that means that we pray much less. We ask for less and we give thanks less because as I become bigger, God becomes smaller and I therefore have less to thank him for. His work is less obvious because I'm not feeling so dependent on it. Well, as we look forward, we look forward to growing a new church in Ayers Monsell, God willing, when we're able to, to do more after this lockdown. 
I think we're going to need to pray more, aren't we? We'll feel that we need to pray more because we'll feel the need for God's help. At the air's monster end of things, there'll be all sorts of needs. There'll be not enough people to do things and sometimes no idea where to start. We'll feel completely out of our depth, desperate for God's help. At the avenue end, we'll feel the loss of people very dearly, won't we? We'll feel concerned about our future. How can we get everything done when key people have gone off and, 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 and got involved in Ayers Monster? What happens to our youth work, to our music and so on? I suspect we will feel a greater need for God's help. And actually, the reality, of course, is that we ought to feel that need all the time. Whatever we're doing, we are no more or less able now than we were before to do those things. God is the one we should be completely and utterly dependent on. Well, those are church-wide things, but at a more individual level, I guess we can all think of times when we have really felt dependent on God and we have prayed. And other times when we probably, probably feel we're better able to cope by ourselves and we just drift along without praying quite so much. We, we rely on him less. Well, the reality here is, as Jesus encourages us to turn to God and say, give, give us. The reality is that we are dependent on him for everything. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. Without him, we're nothing, even the very breath that we have. In every aspect of our lives, we need God every day, in every way. We are entirely dependent on him, whether we recognise that or not. So I think really practically and specifically, it'd be great to be praying that we would grow in those attitudes towards God. Will you join me in praying that we would see God for who he is? that we would recognise that he is the Lord provider. At the same time that we would see us for who we are, that we are simply loved receivers, that we bring nothing to the party, we come empty-handed, and without him uh, we have nothing. And also be thankful. With contentment, happiness with what we have, with what God provides, comes thankfulness. Recognising that God provides to us drives a thankful heart, joyfulness, as we think about what he's done. Let's delight in the fact that our loving Heavenly Father is the Lord provider and that he does provide for us his loved receiving children. So that's the first thing for us today. Pray with complete confidence on God. Pray with complete confidence on God. Now, as we move through what Jesus says, let's look to what's next. Secondly, pray for what you need. Jesus says, pray for what you need. Uh, while I've been preparing this week, at some point, a song came into my head. Not a song that we're likely to sing in our Zoom meetings anytime soon. Uh, you'll probably know it. It starts with the words, Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Well, while there are lots of people out there uh, who might tell you that God wants you to enjoy great financial wealth and we should pray for that blessing, that is absolutely not what Jesus tells us to pray for. What Jesus has in mind here is need and not greed. Jesus says, ask God to give you your daily bread, literally the food that you need for the day. Uh, it is about need, not greed. Bread, not cake or Mercedes. I think we can think slightly broader than, than food. I think Jesus tells us uh, this is about the essentials. It's about the basics, food, shelter, clothing, and so on. Uh, we might broaden it still further by thinking about the things that, that we need to help us deal with the day, the skills, uh, the attitudes, the emotional strength to deal with the different situations that we'll face. 
Uh, there's a really powerful Old Testament picture which should pop, on, pop into our minds here uh, as we think about daily bread. As the people of Israel travel through the desert uh, on their way from Egypt to the Promised Land, they complain about their lack of food and they think, oh, we should have stayed back in Egypt where we were fed. So God says, Exodus 16, chapter 4, it says, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. And he says the people are to go out each day and collect enough food for that day. God then miraculously provides manna, daily bread, every day for them for their 40 years in the desert. He promises that he'll be there and that he will provide for them. And day in, day out, it's there. He promises there'll be enough every day. And there is every day. God provides not just bread, actually, but also meat in the form of quail. God is generous and gives them more than they need. And he tells the Israelites that every day they're to go out and collect enough. And in verse 8, chapter 16, it says, You will know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning. God promises to provide for their needs. And if they doubt him and try to collect too much on one day so that it lasts them into the next day, then what happens? The next day it's full of maggots. It's disgusting. They can't possibly eat it. In their greed and in their lack of trust, they're to learn, no, God is faithful. He has promised there'll be enough tomorrow and there will be. He's promised there'll be enough today and there will be. Except on the day before the Sabbath. And on that day, they're to go out and they're to collect twice as much. So there's food for today and for tomorrow, the Sabbath, so they can rest. And what happens then? No maggots. There's plenty of food. There's enough to fill their bellies on both days. God provides in exactly the way he's promised. And it's amazing as a picture of God's provision. Uh, and the point is for the Israelites and us through them to learn that God is dependable. They can depend on him every day in every way. And for us, Jesus tells us here to pray for our, our daily bread. For Jesus' original hearers, that would have been a very real thing, just like for the majority, actually, of the world still today. The, the need to find food for the day, the, the, the worry of where will I get enough food to feed the mouths that are dependent on me for each day was a very real one. Now, for us living in the affluent world that we do, generally our situation is very different to that, isn't it? We have food in the fridge, we have houses to live in, jobs to go to. It might be more a question of whether I choose to eat white or brown or sourdough bread today rather than whether I can find anything at all to eat. That said, people in our church family do face very different financial situations. Um, and there are some, we're aware, that are going through particularly difficult times right now, brought on or made worse by coronavirus. Uh, and its impact on the economy. Uh, people unable to work, unable to earn, concerned about the future. Wh where's the money going to come from to pay this month's bills? Uh, people have perhaps been thrust into a, a reality now that was very difficult to imagine just a few short months ago. Perhaps your needs are not financial, perhaps it's more physical or it's uh, mental health uh, or that of someone that you love. Perhaps it's a painful or difficult relationship that comes to mind as you think about what your needs are at the moment. How do you deal with the situations that you're facing? Well, Jesus invites us here to come and talk to our loving father. It's a beautiful picture. Just come to God as a child to our father and talk about our needs. It doesn't need to be eloquent. Uh, it can be with crying. It can be, uh, be with, with, with well, all sorts of different emotions. But God's, Jesus says, come and talk to God, your father. Now, that might sound straightforward, but I think it's true, isn't it, that for most of us that feels really hard. Prayer doesn't come naturally. 
Um, perhaps you really struggle to pray. Perhaps you're particularly struggling at the moment. Perhaps you're feeling angry at God uh, for what you're going through or someone else is going through. Perhaps you're doubting that, that he cares or is capable of helping or you simply don't know what to pray for. Jesus says to us here, talk to your loving father. Again, we don't need eloquent words. We don't need uh, to feel the right mood for pray to, for prayer. We are to pray to God, knowing that he is there, knowing that he is good uh, and that he loves us. Now, he doesn't promise that God's solution will be the same as ours, of course. Uh, it might well be different. He may give us the strength to continue to go through a situation rather than to fix that situation as we might like. But he knows what he's doing. God is a good and loving father and Jesus just calls us to talk to him, to pray, to cry out to him as our loving father and talk about our needs. I wonder if I also suggest that a challenge for us here might be that we don't really feel that we need to ask God for help. We don't really feel that we need him day by day. Maybe we feel that actually I'm going along quite nicely. There's not a great deal I need to ask him for. Uh, it feels that life is pretty much in order. I've got more than enough. Perhaps the idea of God being a present reality day by day and helping us is a distant one. Well, might we need to confess that uh, we've actually put God, uh, put ourselves, sorry, in God's place. That without realising it, we've settled into a feeling that we can take care of most things pretty well ourselves. We turn to him, perhaps just like some heavenly slot machine when, for help when things get really difficult, but most of the time we cope pretty well ourselves. No, Jesus says, come to God in complete dependence on him, recognising that he is God, we are people only, and we're to talk to him, we're to ask him for what we need. It's striking too, though, isn't it, as we move on, that Jesus doesn't say, give me today my daily bread. Do you notice it's all in the plural, give us today our daily bread, give us. Now, I think that's more than simply the grammar because he's speaking to a group of people. I think there's something there for us to think about in terms of how we view what God has provided us with. So thirdly, then, let's see that we should pray uh, for what others need and be ready to be part of the answer. Pray for what others need and be ready to be part of the answer. God is our Lord provider, as we've said already. Every good and perfect gift is from him. I have what I have because of him. He gives what gives us what he gives us, whether resources, money, skills, gifts, or whatever it is, for the good not just of me and those immediately around me, but for the good of others. He provides for me. I get to provide for others. He provides for you. You get to provide for others. He is generous. We can be generous. Now, that might be financial thing it might be giving uh, to others giving to gospel work to the ongoing work for example of avenue or growing a new church in Ayers Monsal or to organizations or individuals serving elsewhere in the UK or overseas it might be giving to others who are in need it might not be financial it might be uh, practical or material help in uh, ways in which we can help maybe something you can do for someone or a way in which your home group can get around and provide for someone who is struggling and is in need to put it another way, God might not answer someone's prayer for their needs by having a food basket drop out of the sky or miraculously having a piece of furniture appear in someone's sitting room or money suddenly turn up in a missionary's bank account. We might just be part of the way that God answers that prayer. Ephesians 4:28 tells us that we work so that we might have something to share with those in need. 
we work, yes, to earn a living so that we can provide for ourselves and those who are dependent on us. But we also do it so that we are in the privileged, privileged position of being able to provide for others, to share what we have, our plenty, with those in need. And again, that might be financial, it might be material, it might be our time, our skills, our effort. So let's pray for each other's needs, not just for our own. Uh, and let's also pray that we would have the right attitude ourselves so that we would let God use us, that we would be willing to be used as part of that provision, that we'd be willing to serve, willing to be generous with our time, our money, our things, that we would hold lightly to the things of this earth that we have and be generous uh, with things that would lead to eternal benefit. That might be that some of those feel like a particular challenge for you. I don't know what they are, but will you pray that God will be at work to change you, to make you more willing to be part of that solution, uh, as well as praying for people's needs and God's solution. So pray for what others need and be ready to be part of the answer. And then our final point briefly is this, pray remembering that your, your biggest need is spiritual. Pray remembering that your biggest need is spiritual. We jump uh, to another New Testament passage here in John 6, right after Jesus has fed the 5,000 with two fish and with five loaves of bread, interestingly, Jesus speaks to the crowd. Um, and Holly's going to read for us now uh, from John 6, starting at verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truthfully, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So then they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see that and, and believe it? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truthfully I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us the bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Thanks, Holly. So Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. Now, of course, this isn't physical bread and physical hunger that he's talking about. Real and important though those things are, they are not our greatest need. We will eat and be hungry again. We will need more bread tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Our deepest need is for spiritual food, for, for spiritual life, for spiritual nourishment. And that is completely and fully provided for us in Jesus. He is the bread of life. And by believing in him, we receive eternal life. Jesus says, he who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. So while we should pray for our physical needs and for the physical needs of others, we should also be reminded of our need for and to pray for our daily dependence on Jesus spiritually. Pray that we would grow in him, that we would keep enjoying him, delighting him, getting to know this Father God who is our Lord provider, 
better and better day by day, that we would enjoy him and all that he gives us. And that what he gives us would lead us to praise him, to be thankful, to be grateful for him and who he is. He is the spiritual food that we need. Jesus provides us with that eternal life. We come to him, we're to come to him in complete dependence, humbly knowing that we bring nothing. We come empty handed like that child to its parent. But God provides. He provides for our physical needs in different ways. And ultimately, he provides for us eternally through Jesus uh, and his spiritual salvation for us. So we are to give joyful thanks that he does that, that he provides for us in all those ways. So we've covered quite a lot of ground there in just a few words, but I hope you really feel encouraged by this, encouraged to pray to our wonderful, loving Heavenly Father. He is the Lord provider. He loves us. He cares for us. He knows what we need, actually, even before we ask. But he calls us, come and pray. Talk to me and say, give me. Talk about our needs. We are his loved receivers. We are to pray in complete dependence on him, recognising that he is God and that we are mere people. Uh, And to pray with real assurance as we come to him that he loves us and is with us day by day. Let's pray together now. Father God, we thank you for these wonderful words that Jesus gives us to pray. We thank you that we come to you, our Lord provider, our loving Father, um, and that we can enjoy you and delight in you, knowing that you care for us, knowing that you are with us day by day in our every need. Thank you, Lord, that we are your loved receivers. We are your loved children. And I pray that our experience more and more would be that we would depend on you. We would know you to be faithful providing for us just like you provided that manna in the desert and thank you ultimately that you provide for us uh, the spiritual life the new life that we need that lasts forever through Jesus uh, and the bread of life that you are in Jesus name we pray amen